Hello, glory to Jesus Christ. This is Anthony Cook back at you with the Christ Our Hope show. Um, great to be back for another week. Uh, great to have another opportunity to come here and to preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Uh, to preach and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm just so excited to be here just because, you know, and, and especially for those who are, who are listening, um, you know, it's just... It, I hope that that something that I say resonates and and provides uh, some some help in your spiritual life and and whatever you're going through. So um, please, 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 um, you know, comment on our YouTube, um, comment on our YouTube video, uh, our YouTube page, Christ Our Hope Community. Let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Um, if you have questions, post them there. Be more than happy to uh, to answer you there. Also, like and subscribe on our YouTube page, um, on Christ Our Hope uh, community, and then of course, if you you like to follow us and get a little bit more information, a little more um, more things, more uh, more information, I guess uh, we have the locals uh, page. So ChristOurHope.locals.com. That's going to be your number one spot to go to so that you can get um, more information, right? So I, I end up posting a, a couple PDFs and stuff on there, um, a couple documents that, that go with along with these these uh, these preachings. And so I hope that you know those are helpful for you. Um, you can subscribe. We'd love for you to subscribe. Um, totally would love for you to subscribe. Um, help, help us out uh, financially in this mission. Um, of preaching and proclaiming the gospel, but I make the gospel free of charge because it is the truth, and it is what the world needs. So I don't I don't charge you to uh, to 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 listen to these podcasts. But if you do wish to help support me and my mission, my my ministry here, um, and and my further evangelization into North Georgia, um, then I would greatly appreciate it. Um, there are some uh, some little some little prayer uh, prayer ropes that we'd like to we'd like to get to hand out to the people that we talk to, right? Um, about the faith. Uh, so just know that you know that would be one of the things, or uh, that you would be that that money will be going towards, or um, actually to our toiletries homeless toiletries uh, uh, ministry. Uh, we try to provide toothbrushes, toothpaste. Um, uh, baby wipes, etc., basic basic hygiene items to the homeless in Atlanta, um, so that they can they can stay clean and stay healthy. So, um, yeah, again, just not required. I don't require require that to listen to these podcasts. These podcasts are completely free. Um, but if you wish to support our ministry, support my ministry here, um, I would greatly appreciate it. So, moving on. So, what are we going to talk today? Talk about today. So, the day we are going to talk about the the, the rich young man, right? The rich young man. This is a great day. Um, it's a it's a great great gospel to be to re- be reading on. And so, um, we are going to just start off with the daily prayers of the uh, Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church here. So my hope is that this will just help you get in the in 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 the rhythm of prayer, preparing your heart, your mind. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come come to us, right? As we as we begin, blessed 
uh, by the prayers of our Holy Fathers, the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us. Amen. Glory be to you, our God. Glory be to you, Heavenly King, Advocate, Spirit of Truth, everywhere present and filling all things, treasury of blessings and giver of life. Come and dwell within us, cleanse us of all that defiles us, and, O good one, save our souls. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy, and immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy, and immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy, and immortal, have mercy on us. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, now and forever and ever. Amen. Trinity most holy, have mercy on us. Cleanse us of our sins, O Lord. Pardon our transgressions, O Master. Look upon us and heal our infirmities, O Holy One, for the sake of your name. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and forever and ever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, now and forever and ever. Amen. Come let us bow and worship before the King, our God. Come let us worship before Christ, the King, and our God. Come let us bow and worship and fall down before the very Lord Jesus Christ, our King and God. Though the stone was sealed by the Judeans, and soldiers guarded your most pure body, you arose, O Savior, on the third day, and gave life to the world. And so the heavenly powers cried out to your giver of life, Glory to your resurrection, O Christ. Glory to your kingdom. Glory to your saving plan. Only lover of mankind. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. And behold, one came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? One, there is who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which? And Jesus said, You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have observed, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The Gospel of the Lord. Glory to you, Lord Christ, your God. Glory be to you. Today I think it's imperative that we start with the virtues. And we talk about the virtues and, and ask the question of what are the virtues, right? Today we're primarily going to be reading and pulling from uh, Christ Our Pascha Catechism verse, uh, our paragraphs 831 and 832. And I'd like to read those for us now so we have a basis of understanding. It says, The Apostle Paul teaches that the gospel is the power of God granted to one who believes, the power by which the righteous one lives. The Apostle Paul calls this power of God a virtue, pointing to the interior possibilities of a person renewed in Christ and his or her capacity for good. Through virtue, a person becomes capable of living and acting in Christ. The Holy Fathers believe that virtue is a capacity placed in the human soul. It is a source of one's natural strengths, which develop and are perfected in cooperation with God's grace. Virtue is the power and capacity of a person created in God's image, to become like God and attain deification. So from this, we can, we, can, we can understand three basic things. Three basic things. The first is that the virtues are created or produced by participation in the divine energies of God and uniting our will with the work of the Trinity. The second is that through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the practice of the evangelical councils, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are produced. And third, through the cultivation of these fruits, virtue is created. I'd like to go through those now, starting with the, with the very first point, right? Because I think it's important. Augustine states in his De Liberis Arbitro that virtue is that by which we live righteously. Virtue is that which we live by righteously. This is an important understanding, right? And we kind of understand this from the article that that uh, we actually uh, just read from, right? It says that virtue is the p power and capacity of a person created in God's image to become like God and attain deification. We're talking about deification here. We're talking about theosis. We're talking about this concept of becoming like God. Going back to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, right? The whole basis of the Christian life, to become partakers of the divine nature. We understand that we are only able to do this through Christ, though, as we heard within the gospel today. He said, who then, the apostles stated, who then can be saved, right? But Jesus responded. Jesus responds. He says, for man it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. I would like to I would like to start there, right? Because it seems that it seems that man, and especially when we go towards some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, they have this concept that we cannot be perfect, right? That perfection is impossible. And see, in this moment they've forgotten that God is the one who does the perfecting. 
that we reside in God perfectly because of the grace of God, by the divine energies of God working inside of us. And that as we cooperate with those divine energies, we are able to more perfectly become one with God. And by becoming one with God, we become perfect in God because God himself is with us, right? St. Stephen, the New Theologian, in his Discourse 2 on Virtue and Christian Life, in his section on Dispassion and a Virtuous Life, the Sixth Ethical Course, he states, All scripture and history bear witness that it is possible for someone among those who truly struggle to arrive at such great freedom, freedom from what? Freedom from sins, and having become once for all a participant of God's grace, participant of God's divine energies, to attain to a, di- uh, to attain to a dispassion of soul and body such that, not only does he remain untroubled and dispassionate while dining and conversing with women, but suffers moreover no injury while circulating in the middle of towns and hearing singers and guitar players and seeing people laughing and dancing and amusing themselves. So all of these things that the church, that the fathers say that we should be trying to refrain from, right? These, these, these distractions of God, and we talked about that several weeks ago, these distractions of God. St. Simeon states that we can attain such freedom. To attain a dispassion of soul. What is a dispassion of soul? It means to override, overcome these eight vices and their opposing attributes. Right? These eight vices that seek to draw us deep into sin. Right? And death, eventually. That, that's, that's really where it comes, comes to, eventually, is, is to death. So we have to understand that we have to understand that virtue, right, is created within us. And it is it is the capacity placed in the human soul, right, by the Holy Spirit. So that we can attain this deification, right? To attain this deification. Um it's it's so important for us to understand that. Because a lot of times what ends up happening is is that we 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 listen to the devil, right? We we listen to what he has to say that says you can't be perfect. There's no sense in even trying to be perfect, right? So you might as well just go ahead and just might as well just give up because it's not possible. And so he he cons us into this belief that it's not possible. But God has sent His Son that we might have life and have life abundantly. And that is the beautiful thing, right? That is the beautiful thing. Let's go to point our second point, which says, Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the practice of the evangelical councils, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are produced. We can read from Lumen Gentium, verse, uh, uh, Paragraph 42-43. It says, But if charity is to grow and fructify... Yes, to grow and to fructify in the soul like a good seed. Each of the faithful must willingly hear the word of God and carry out his will with deeds, especially with the help of his grace, the divine energies. He must frequently partake of the sacraments, the mysteries, chiefly the Eucharist, and take part in the liturgy. He must constantly apply himself to prayer, self-denial, active brotherly service, and the practice of all virtues. Continuing in Perfecte Caritatis, Paragraph 1, it says, In the Constitution, Lumen Gentium, the Holy Synod has, ar- has already shown that the pursuit of perfect charity by means of the evangelical councils traces its origins to the teaching of the example of the Divine Master, and that it is a clear symbol of the heavenly kingdom. 
And continuing into the Catechism, besides in, in uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1973, right, verse, uh, paragraph 1973, it says, besides its precepts, the new law also includes the evangelical councils. The traditional distinction between God's commandments and the evangelical councils is drawn in relation to charity, the perfection of Christian life. The precepts are intended to remove whatever might hinder the development of charity, even if it is not contrary to it. Okay, so what are the evangelical councils? They are three things that are practiced by all religious inside of the church, primarily poverty, chastity, and obedience. These three councils, these three guidelines, right, make up the basis of every prayer rule in the world. And it is a prayer rule that we share with our Orthodox brothers and sisters, and it is a prayer rule that is important for us to keep in mind when we are seeking to obtain theosis, for us who are seeking to obtain the perfection that comes only from God. We must submit ourselves to poverty, chastity, and obedience. Poverty, the thing that this rich young man in the gospel today was unable to follow, this, this thing that he could not give up. He was attached to his wealth, he's attached to his possessions, therefore because of these reasons, he did not want to be saved. He denied his own salvation because he was not willing to part from the physical manifestation of things, right? The physicality of things, right? And there's not to say that we need to be against the physical, right? But it is the attachment to the physical that becomes the problem. We cannot be attached to the physical things of this world but rather, we must be willing to give them up. We must be willing to part from them, right? So, living a life of poverty. The best gospel uh, verse in this, really, I, I, I love uh, the, the Beatitudes in the Gospel of Luke, right? It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who are willingly able to give themselves, give everything they have, for the furthering of the kingdom of God, and to understand that it, you can't take it with you, right? When we pass away from this world, the only thing we'll have is our soul, and our body will be left behind for the second coming when we will rejoin our body and be glorified with the Father and the saints in heaven. But until that day, right, we take our soul and that's it. You can't take your iPad. You can't take your 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 you know designer shoes. You can't take that briefcase that you had your eye on for so long. You know, and you spent seven, eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars, ten thousand dollars on that briefcase. It does not matter. But the thing is, is that what is going to matter is when you get to heaven and God is going to say, "Why did you spend ten thousand dollars on this briefcase? Could you have not given the money to the poor? What excuse are you going to have when you get there?" Right. Because like the rich young man, this rich young man wanted to follow Christ. He maintained the commandments, but the problem is he was attached to his wealth. How is what we're doing with the money that God has given to us through our job, through whatever the case may be, how are we using that, right, for the glorification of God in the kingdom of heaven? And so through the cultivation of these fruits, right, virtue is created. So what are the virtues, right? What are the virtues? So I'd like, to, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. We're not going to get too deep into it because, and honestly, we just don't have enough time um, today. But I would maybe one day, I, you know, maybe I could do a catechetical uh, lecture on, on this um, and then go through each one of the virtues because I, I do think that they are important, right? I do think that they are very important 
and very important for our uh, life in Christ, right? So the first one is um, is temperance, right? Temperance. So temperance and gluttony, they kind of go, um, they, well, they're not hand in hand, they're opposites, right? So whenever we have this gluttony, so what is gluttony? Let's ask the question of what is gluttony? So There are various manifestations of the sin that the catechism talks about. The first is of these is excess in food and drink, right? So the the holy fathers of the church taught us that food consumed in excess harms the soul, right? Why? Well, whenever we feed the flesh, right, and 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 we don't have this this dependence on God, right, and the flesh, flesh is satisfied. Then what ends up happening is, and this is what the church fathers end up showing us and, and finding out, is that because of this, we tend not to seek God. There's a reason why we fast, you know, in preparation for major feasts, right? Because we're doing away from food and drink, forces our hearts and our minds into prayer, and therefore we're able to see God, find God, and be prepared for that feast, such as uh, the, uh, the great fast before Pascha. So the second manifestation is the quest for food and drink primarily for pleasure. Right, so this becomes a problem of a lack of self-control in eating and drinking, right? And then it, it it kind of extends outside of the body, right? So we have this this overindulgence of the body, and then what we end up having is is that we overindulge the body. And John Cassian notes that we cannot possibly scorn the gratification of food presented to us unless the mind is fixed on the delight of things celestial, right? So. We've got to understand that we can be thankful for the food that is before us, but we first have to place our, our hearts and our minds into heaven and be delighted for what God and who God is that we have that food in the first place. Right? Chrysostom taught us. He says, We have, you see, a gentle and loving God who demands nothing of us beyond our capabilities. In other words, it is not arbitrarily that he looks for fasting and abstinence from food to be performed by us nor simply for the sake of our remaining without food, but rather that we may be detached from the things of this life and devote all our spare time to spiritual matters. <coughs> this is very important, right? Because the purpose is that as we do away with the food from the flesh, we are able to feast on the food of the soul, right? Which is prayer, right? So the next one is, is, is lust, and its opposite virtue is the wholeness of being, right? So, sexual impulse is is natural to the human person, right? It is. Uh, but the problem of lust is that lust is, as, as it says in the Catechism, unrestrained and disordered quest for bodily gratification, right? For bodily gratification. This is uh, even worse whenever it leads into... Uh, premarital sexual relations such as fornication, um, extramarital sexual relations such as adultery, right? Sexual slavery through pornography, right? In which the the person is being um, uh, used, right? And at the same time, we are committing uh, the sin of masturbation, where we are we are actually you know creating a grievous sin against the temple of God itself, right? So when St. Paul talks about this several times. When we commit sexual sin, right, it's the only sin that's really done to the very temple, the very body of God. 
um, the very the very temple of Christ, our actual body, right? So we need to make sure that that sin is um, the the one that is the most um, uh, uh, dialed back, uh, destroyed. We have to realize that you know you listen to many of the exorcists um, out there, and they will tell you that sexual sin is one of the uh, gravest sins, and that um, you know such things. Uh, is an invitation for evil. So we have to make sure that we're being cognizant of this, right? Um, if you want to listen to more to that um, and, and kind of understand, you know, some of that, there, some of that, there, there is some great podcasts out there. Uh, one I've been listening to as of race recent is The Exorcist Files. Um, it follows a, uh, a a priest, an exorcist named uh, Father Carlos Martins. Uh, great podcast. Really lets you kind of delve into into some of that but lust is something that we have to we have to firmly reject right saint Cyril of jerusalem talks about this in that he affirms that the decisive rejection of lust is an essential element of the christian belief in the resurrection of the body he states he who believes that his body shall remain to rise again is careful with his robe and defiles it not with fornication and of course this can mean other sexual sins as well not just fornication (coughs) but to he who disbelieves the resurrection, gives himself to fornication, sexual sin, and misuses his own body as though it were not his own. So lust is, uh, is, is this, we have to understand that we have to do battle against lust, right? And we have to protect our body um, from sexual sin. Specifically in this day and age, just the rise of pornography and, and the accessibility of pornography in, in this world, we have to be able to fight that and fight against that 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 horrible horrible um activity that horrible horrible uh a channel that the devil has used to to you know lead so many people to sin so uh, let's pray for those people and also i mean if you have a problem with uh sexual sin and lust i would uh, definitely urge you to join the angelic warfare confraternity it is a dominican confraternity that um that has saint thomas aquinas as its patron saint um, who was uh, chased his entire life, and uh, it's a great opportunity to to join community and and get some help with that. Um, the your daily requirement is, is we have uh, two. I, I joined the confraternity several years ago when I was in my early twenties, and I was discerning the uh, Dominican First Order, and um, just an absolute great great uh, great confraternity. All Dominicans are are not the, for the lay, but for the First Order are required to join the confraternity. And also um, the uh, Most Holy Rosary Confraternity. So, uh, yes. So if, if if you do, if you're interested in that, uh, go check that out. Uh, I'll, I may try to put the link for the Angelic Confraternity Warfare Warfare Confraternity in the show notes below. So check that out. Uh, the next one is avarice, right? And and the the opposite of that is generosity. So this is almsgiving, right? And and that's the that's the that's the quickest shortest way of of of, of thinking about it is that it is. It is almsgiving. So we are called by God to give alms to the poor and to participate in that activity of helping the poor whenever we can, right? St. John Climacus states in regards to avarice and greed as, as idolatry, actually, um, since in such blindness a person places all his hopes in earthly goods, right? And that's so true when we look at everyone these days. and I mean, so, so much materiality is going on in this world, especially inside of America. St. John Chrysostom teaches us that wealth is not a bad thing, but avarice and love of money are. 
A covetous person is one thing, and a rich person is another thing. The covetous person is not rich. He is in want of many things, and while he needs many things, he can never be rich. The covetous man is a keeper, not a master of wealth. He's a slave, not a lord, right? So very, very important there. Um, St. John Chrysostom also continues it in his teaching on this, um, in which he states, And let there be no gold lying by in your houses, but that which is more precious than millions of money, that is alms and love to man for your treasure. For this gives us boldness toward God, but the other. Causes the devil to bear hard upon us. Arm your right hand against him. Stow away all your fortune in your mind. And instead of a chest and a house, let heaven keep your gold. Why then do we, to the neglect of our own selves, waste all our attention upon those things, which when we are gone... We can no longer reach, and often even while we stay here, we cannot keep hold of. When we might have such riches as to be found in, uh, not in this life only, but also in that, in the earliest, cir- easiest circumstances. Right, so our wealth really comes from Christ. It comes from our relationship with God. Our faith is truly the wealth that, that we'll 100% provide, right? So, so, just, uh, so just one of the things there. Uh, so melancholy um, is joy in the Holy Spirit, um, anger, uh, patience basically is the opposite of that one, uh, acedia or slothfulness, um, cheerfulness of spirit. So Evagrius Ponticus um, talks about the manifestation of acedia, right? He says the noonday demon, right? It, that's what it used to be called because it usually hits you about noonday uh, or that's like noon to three, right? And stills in the heart of a monk a hatred for the place, a hatred for his very life itself, a hatred for manual labor. He leads him to reflect that charity has departed from him among the brethren, that there is no one to give encouragement. The demon drives him along to desire others, places where he can more easily procure life's necessities and more readily find work and make a real success for himself. No other demon follows close upon the heels of this one when he is defeated, but only a state of deep peace and an exhaustible joy arise out of this struggle. Prayer work and constant spiritual training aka ascesis help to fight acedia so important in our own day and age because i mean how many people i mean people just don't want to work anymore you know used to be back in the day people were always looking for a job people were always trying to go to work now people are trying not to go to work right um and even at work like something i've noticed that at my job is you know i work in construction you know is that people don't want to work they literally just stand around and they pretend they're working then whenever the boss comes around they get to working you know, we can't do that, especially as Christians. We have to have a better um, understanding of, of what God is asking of us, right? And what our requirements are, right? If we're going to take money from a man, don't steal from that man by not doing your job, right? Because that's called thievery. That's called theft. Uh, so vainglory, uh, also known as vanity, right? Humble-mindedness. Um, so I'm going to touch. I'm trying to—I don't want to go through all of these, but I do want to talk about a, a couple of these, right? And so, what we're talking about here inside of vainglory, vanity, we see this all the time, right? It's one thing to have nice clothes, nice shoes, etc. Okay, well, if that's required for your job, and you're not trying to draw attention to yourself, that's good. That's perfect, right? But if you're doing it to draw attention to yourself, and this goes even for clergy, right? This can go for clergy. This can go for anybody, right? If you're wearing what you're wearing to try to get people to look at you, if that's your reasoning, that's called vanity. You want the praise from others. 
that's what you're that's what you want but if it's because um, you need these things for your job right let's say you work in politics right and there's a certain there's a certain atmosphere in politics where there's a certain expectation of of clothes and dress and mannerisms and everything else okay well that's great but if you are buying a $1,500 suit because you want people to look at you and give you praise. Oh, how rich you must be. How this, how that. Okay, check yourself at the door because what we really need to be see, doing is putting the, the praise to God, not to ourselves. It's not about us. Get out of your own self, right? I've said this before. It's not about us. It's about Christ. It's about God. We should humble ourselves knowing that in reality, our God is greater than we will ever be, okay? And the simple fact is, is that the only reason why we might be saved one day is because he's, his love and his mercy was so great that even when we were enemies of God, he still came down and he died for us. Romans chapter 3, right? So check ourselves at the door, right? Especially if we, we're going to go out there and declare to use that word Christian, right? If you're going to say, I am a Christian, you better get out there and actually use it and proclaim it and actually do it, right? And all of this comes down to pride, right? And this, so, and this is, this is a, this is a twofold thing. A proud person usually does not see his own sin. A proud person is filled with self-love. He finds it difficult to forgive to ask for forgiveness of others, has trouble relenting, right? And so, therefore, he's he's subject to all sorts of authority issues and, 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 and flares up in anger, right? He bears grudges. He constantly judges other people. He envies their successes, right? When in reality, the humble person realizes who he is before God and understands that because Yes, we are great sinners, and we have a great God who has saved us, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what the cross shows. It shows that we are great sinners and that we have a, a, a great God who died for us, that we should have life and have life abundantly, right? Not just have life, but be partakers of the divine nature, right? And so these are the eight vices Right, the eight capital sins and their opposing attributes, their opposing virtues that we have to pay attention to, so that we can fight the devil, we can become dispassionate, and that therefore we can move closer to the to the process of sanctification, and to deification, and to theosis. We have to realize and re-listen to the words of Saint Simeon the New Theologian. Right that that this a dispassionate soul is possible but we have to participate in the divine energies of god and so i want to go to this imagery okay of saint pisces the hagiorite okay so if you would just close your eyes close your close your eyes okay and i want you to picture this okay only the virtue that is acquired freely without coercion from outside is of value a person should feel the virtue as a necessity and then work hard to acquire it. It is not God who needs us to do his will, but we need to do God's will. 
for our own salvation. We need to do God's will to be free from our old self, right? All the energy of a believer should be directed at keeping the commandments of God to the dot. When a man strives to do God's will, he draws near to God and obtains divine grace, even if he does not ask for it. In other words, he draws water directly from the source. It's as if there are we're in a center ground and there are two ladders, right? So here's our imagery. The ladders have no rungs. So how is it that we get up to heaven? It's easy to fall. But it's not so easy to get back up. The virtues are the rungs, right? So as we conquer every stronghold, right, that the devil tries to make inside of our hearts with the virtues, the virtues which are humility, humble-mindedness, cheerfulness of spirit, patience, joy in the Holy Spirit, generosity, almsgiving, wholeness of being, right? And temperance. When we understand these virtues, and we build the rungs of this ladder, we are able to ascend into the heavenly places. But until you quiet the dispassionate soul and and gain those virtues, you will not be able to ascend to the higher portions. You will not ascend to the third heaven, as St. Paul did. But rather, you will remain where you are until you become dispassionate. And if you die in the dispassionate state, okay, then God will purify you in the uh, place, not the place, but in the process of purification. And hopefully, gold and silver and gems are there in abundance. And so is your faith in Jesus Christ. And so with that, I want to very quickly talk about This quote from John Chrysostom says, If then we wish to enjoy pleasure above all things, else let us shun wickedness and follow after virtue. Since it is not in the nature of things for one to have a share thereof on any other terms, even if we were mounted upon the king's throne itself. This is why Paul also says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. See Galatians 5.22 Therefore zealously guarding this fruit within us, we will be able to be happy even here on earth. And someday, we will become worthy to receive the future kingdom. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us guard the fruit. Let us guard the virtues that we have made and let us not not let the devil take it away. Because he is. He's going to try. I'm going to give you the forewarning. He is going to try to take your peace. He's going to try to take everything that you have that God has given to you and he's going to try to throw you off that ladder back down onto the ground. And when a virtue breaks as you're climbing up that ladder and you fall off the ladder, pick yourself up and and get back on it. Because as Christians, we never quit. We don't stop. We will push through every single minute 
that the devil tries to fight us, we will fight back. Because God is with us. Christ is with us. The Holy Spirit is in us. As long as we are participating in God's divine will, we are frequenting the sacraments, the mysteries, right? We will be okay. And so, brothers and sisters, I would like to urge you to go to confession. If you haven't been in a while, in a month, go to confession. You may say, I've got nothing to confess. I am sure you have something to confess. Even if it is the smallest of sins, the smallest of transgressions, you probably still have something you can confess. Confess. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Ask for the intercessions of the Blessed Virgin upon you. That God would have mercy upon you. These things are important. And the biggest thing is, is defend yourself from the evil Logos Moi, these evil thoughts that the devil is going to send at you, right? Because that's, that's how he attacks. That's how he acts, right? In the Christ our Pascha Catechism, it says, seven, uh, Article 788, it says, We are constantly under the influence of various thoughts, ideas, and views, and we choose from among them those that we consider important. These thoughts can be good or evil, and so they affect our spiritual life in different ways. Temptation begins with a suggestion. Suggestion can manifest itself in various images, fantasies, recollections. It can come through material things and circumstances, making evil appear attractive. Such thoughts accompany a person throughout life, and Christ had a similar experience while being tempted in the desert. If a suggestion is not dismissed, the evil thought will continue to penetrate a person's heart. The second stage is the conversation, as it were, with the suggested thought. A person considers and weighs arguments for and against the suggestion. We know about the danger of this conversation with the evil one from the book of Genesis. The conversation between Eve and the serpent was the first step of our ancestors towards sin. Christ, on the other hand, while being tempted in the desert, refused to engage the tempter in conversation and decisively rejected his suggestions with questions from Holy Scripture. You can go see Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and Luke 4, 1 through 13 for that. The third stage is struggle. A thought that has penetrated the heart through conversation is difficult to dismiss. A person cannot be rid of it without struggle and effort. The word of God and prayer assure victory in this battle. The fourth stage is ascent. It is the acceptance of an evil thought which is equivalent to defeat in battle by making an evil thought one's own and deciding to make it a reality. A person has already sinned, even if the evil and temptation is not acted upon. And finally is the actual passion. This is a state of captivity that results from sinful activity. A person given over to passion experiences a constant inclination towards evil. The inclination can become so powerful that a person loses the strength to resist, becomes addicted to evil, and a slave to that passion. So it's important, brothers and sisters... that we understand that being free from the passions, from these passions, right, does not mean that a person is going to be free from tempting thoughts. We're always going to be tempted. The intrusion of such thoughts does not always depend on us. Sometimes it's an outside suggestion by the devil, right? However, when a person achieves this state of apatheia, he or she dismisses 
the evil thoughts that leads to passion. And that's where we want to be. We want to be in a place where we dismiss these evil these evil suggestions from the devil, right? Because he is going to tempt you. We read and said the first letter of St. Peter, to beware, for the devil is like a, prowling, a prowling lion seeking someone to devour. And this is such a truth statement. So brothers and sisters, be on guard this week. As we come together, let us let us ask God to defend us. Let us call upon St. Michael. And let's pray the St. Michael prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray. And to the, thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, cast out Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. And let us end with uh, the concluding prayers um, associated with our tradition. It is truly right to bless you, Holy Theotokos, the ever-blessed, immaculate, and the mother of our God, more honorable than the cherubim, by far more glorious, beyond compare than the seraphim, ever-virgin, you gave birth to God the Word. O true Mother of God, we magnify you. Glory be to you, O Christ God, our hope. Glory be to you. By the prayers of our Holy Fathers, O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, glory to Jesus Christ. I hope that you learned something from this, uh, this preaching today. I hope that, that something resonated inside of you. Um, I will be uh, posting some, some, uh, some articles on the uh, ChristOurHope.Locals.com page. If you're interested more, um, I'm going to try to put the catechism references on there as well as some extra um, resources that I didn't get to today. But I would love to, to give to you so that you can review and look over and read it at your own time for your own study, um, in, including some of the further catechetical references um, that might help fill in the blanks if you have questions. Again, if you do have questions, feel free to send them out on our uh, YouTube page. Or if you're part of ChristOurHope.Locals.com uh, and you're a member, um, a, a, a supporter, uh, then you can send me a message and I will be able to um, answer you from there. So thank you so much. Uh, may the Lord bless you this week as we go forth in the name of the Lord, glorifying God with our lives. Hopefully let us bring others to the, this most holy faith of Jesus Christ. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all next week. Glory to Jesus Christ.